0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Secular Buddhism Podcast. This is episode number 140. I am your host, Noah Roshetta, and today I'm taking a quick pause from the ordinary format of the podcast to let you know about my new Mindfulness for Everyday Life workshop. As some of you may recall, in the past, I used to travel and host in-person mindfulness workshops. And after some time, I stopped doing those due to time constraints and logistics. Uh, For a couple of years now, I've had the goal of creating an online audio version of the workshop that would include concepts and ideas along with actual practices, guided meditations, and exercises to learn how to apply mindfulness for everyday life. After several months of planning and working, I'm excited to announce that I have partnered with Himalaya Learning to produce a 20-part workshop called Mindfulness for Everyday Life. What you'll hear next is part one of the 20-part series, and I hope you enjoy this 15-minute episode and decide to listen to the rest of the course. Welcome to the Mindfulness for Everyday Life workshop. This workshop is split into approximately 20 episodes. That are about 15 minutes each. So this first episode is about the word mindfulness. When we talk about mindfulness for everyday life, I think it's important to, first of all, define what is mindfulness? Why would we want to be more mindful? So let's jump into that first. I want to share some concepts and ideas that will help you to wrap your head around the overall idea of mindfulness. So mindfulness is a set of practices that were inspired mainly by teachings from the East, uh, particularly from Buddhist traditions, but it's a form of understanding the nature of our own minds. Uh, you could say it's it's almost a philosophy, a way of life, and mindfulness enhances everything we do in our lives. So I want to jump into that for a moment. Uh, let's start out by defining What mindfulness is. Mindfulness, I'm sure you've heard of the word. Uh, That's why you were probably interested in this workshop in the first place. But when we hear the word mindfulness, it will probably uh, make us think of some kind of a concept. Uh, To be mindful is, and you fill in the blank. Uh, What does that mean for you? When we're talking about mindfulness, the way it was understood in the Eastern traditions from which this practice comes from, Mindfulness is the non-judgmental observation of the present moment. It's a way of being. Imagine being able to sit with an experience that you're having. Let's take, for example, a strong emotion. As you go about your day-to-day activities, something happens. And let's say you're driving and a car cuts you off. The first thing you experience is some form of an emotion. And this may be frustration, it may be downright anger, but the emotion that we're experiencing is typically strong. Mindfulness practice is the ability to observe the present moment in a non-judgmental way, which is not to say, if I'm mindful, when a car cuts me off, I'm not going to be upset. That's not exactly how it works. The way it works is, when I'm driving and a car cuts me off and I suddenly realize I'm angry, I can observe in a non-judgmental way the emotion I'm experiencing without being angry at the fact that I'm angry typically what happens when we encounter a strong emotion throughout the day we have a feeling about that emotion anger as an example is something that we typically feel aversion to we don't like that we feel angry it's an unpleasant feeling so when it, when the feeling arises we have an aversion to it which immediately sets us up for a secondary layer of experience. There's the initial experience of anger, that's what I'm experiencing, and now because I'm experiencing the unpleasantness of the anger, I'm also experiencing an aversion to my anger. In other words, I'm either mad that I'm mad or uh, something along those lines. Mindfulness is essentially the practice that allows us to remain with the first layer of experience that we're having. It's a really powerful thing. Viktor Frankl, the Austrian psychologist and Holocaust survivor, said, Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Quote. Now, I really like this quote because it helps me to understand what's going on in terms of practicing mindfulness. So, I like to think of my day to day life as a series of stimulus and response. And all of us experience this as we go throughout our day. Let's just say you go to work, your co worker says something to you, or your boss says something to you. And there you go. That's the stimulus. Next is the response. I may respond, uh, and I'm not talking about necessarily responding with words, it may be I'm responding immediately with thoughts, like I'm angry that uh, my boss said this or did this. And immediately when I experience that anger, that's another stimulus and another response. I'm experiencing anger. That's the stimulus. What's my response to experiencing anger? For most of us, it's an aversion to the anger that we're feeling. And this cycle goes on and on throughout our days. Stimulus response, stimulus response, stimulus response, and all day long on and on and on for our entire lives. So, mindfulness as a practice, you can think about it as a tool that teaches us to be able to, even if for only a moment, put these little gaps between stimulus and response, gaps where we're suddenly able to observe in a non judgmental way whatever is occurring in the present moment. This is beneficial when we're experiencing difficult things, but it's also beneficial when we're experiencing pleasant things to be able to mindfully observe the awe and wonder that I'm experiencing when I'm looking at a sunset or when I'm uh, observing the, a shooting star in the sky or anything along those lines or holding your child that was just born. Or you can imagine all the, all the pleasant and positive things as well as all of the difficult and what we would call negative things. So that's essentially what mindfulness is. I want you to keep that in mind, and now I want to explain a couple of ideas and concepts to help explain why we would even want to practice mindfulness. So the first one is the concept of the muddy jar, and this comes from Alan Watts, who says that the mind is a lot like a jar of muddy water. The best way to clear it is to leave it alone. And I like this specific story or analogy because oftentimes when it comes to mindfulness, we think of it as uh, something that we're doing. In other words, here's normal me, but the mindful me is different, right? The mindful me is going to not be angry. The mindful me is going to be okay with whatever life throws my way. So we almost approach mindfulness as if it's something that we need to do, When in reality, it's more like the jar of muddy water. If you leave it alone with time, the sediment drops and then you kind of have more clarity. You can see in the water and see what's actually there. When it's agitated, murky water is just all around murky. It's with time and leaving it alone that uh, you can start to see a separation between the water and whatever was floating in the water our mind is similar. From the mindfulness perspective, it's not so much that we're trying to do something, will ourselves to be mindful. It's not that. It's that we're trying to learn to sit and observe. And what is it that we're observing? Anything that's taking place in the present moment, whether that be external things or, more importantly, the internal things. The thoughts, the feelings, and the emotions that arise in me, I can observe those things in a non-judgmental way. And through practicing this with enough observation, it's like that murky water. It's not agitated anymore. It becomes more clear. And when, when things settle a bit, then there's clarity and I can see and I can gain insight into the nature of my own mind. So that's where mindfulness becomes a really powerful tool. It's not going to make me... It's, it's not about making me better at the things that I do. It's, it's about giving me greater insight into the nature of my own mind. The Why do I say the things that I say and do the things that I do and uh, feel the things that I feel and so on? And if you think about it, that is infinitely more powerful than gaining any kind of external insight. I think sometimes we approach mindfulness because we want something. If I could be more mindful, then I'll be a better employee and I'll be getting a raise. Or if I could be more mindful, then things won't bug me and I'll finally be happy or, or something to that effect. And it's not that those things are things we shouldn't wish for or, or, or aspire to. It's just that we're kind of missing the point of the tool. The point of the tool, if mindfulness were a tool, is that you're peeking into the nature of your own mind and gaining insight, and understanding into the inner workings of your own mind. And that, to me, is more important and more powerful than the other things. So another analogy that I think is helpful here when we're talking about mindfulness is the analogy of visualizing the clouds in the sky. So if mindfulness practice is the art of the non-judgmental observation of the present moment, we all know what this is like because we've all sat and looked at the clouds. Now, when we look at clouds, we typically don't look at the cloud and say, "Well, you know, that one's too puffy. I don't like that cloud. That one's too tall. That one's too um, whatever." Right? We don't do that with clouds because, and this is where the the important distinction comes in. It's the non-judgmental observation of how things are. We don't have judgments with clouds because we don't have expectations of what a cloud should be. We just observe how a cloud is. And this one may be puffy. This one, other one may look like a rabbit. This one may be whatever. The point is that I'm just observing. And in in the art of observing, there is no judgment. So if I were to sit outside and observe the clouds for a moment, I would be practicing mindfulness. It's the nonjudgmental observation of the present moment. So take that way of thinking and apply that to the observation of what's taking place in your own mind. Thoughts, feelings, emotions, opinions, beliefs, all these things float in our mind similar to the way clouds do. Uh, Thoughts, for example, they arise, they linger, and then they go away or they get replaced by other thoughts. Very much the same way that clouds arise and they linger and they transition on and move. So visualize this as an example, that if I'm sitting there and I'm observing the clouds in the sky, I'm practicing mindfulness. But then you apply that inward to the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you're experiencing. The next helpful concept here with mindfulness as a practice is that uh, the example of looking through tinted glass. So Bring to mind a pair of glasses, whether it's sunglasses. Sunglasses are actually a good example because they, they have a tint, and the tint can be helpful uh, if you're out in the bright sunlight. The sunglasses will um, alter the tint so that you can see. Um, but any form of tint is uh, affecting what actually is versus how I perceive what actually is. So let's take a strong tint, for example, yellow glasses or uh, red tinted glasses. If I'm looking through a pair of glasses that have a colored tint, let's say red, for example, everything that I look at, everything that I see is tinted in uh, with red. And it's not because of how things are, it's because of how I'm seeing things. The final analogy that I want to share with regards to Uh, mindfulness and what it is, uh, is the analogy of a painting or a picture. Do you recall in your youth, for example, there used to be the picture that you would look look at that was made up of a bunch of little dots or strange patterns, and it looked like you weren't looking at anything. But if you learned to focus your eyes behind the painting, in other words, beyond the painting, then you could suddenly... Uh, See an image that would pop out. Usually it was the outline of something. So you would look at this random picture that looked one way, but then if you looked at it long enough and you focused your uh, eyes a little bit differently, suddenly you could see something appear. And that something was there all along, but we couldn't see it until we uh, shifted our focus or we shifted the way that we see things. That to me is the final analogy that works well with what we're trying to accomplish with mindfulness as a practice. So the way that we perceive life right now, it's like looking at that painting. It looks a certain way and there may be something there that we don't see, but mindfulness as a tool will help us to develop our sense of perception to the point where before we know it, we may see something that we hadn't seen before. We may notice something that we hadn't noticed before. And this is where mindfulness becomes a really valuable skill and a really valuable tool because at any given moment, there are incredible things going on in each of our lives. And a lot of times we simply don't notice them. We simply don't see them. And this is because of our inability to focus or see beyond the superficial level of what we're looking at. Just like with that painting, if I only look at the surface of the painting, I don't see it. But when I learn to look a little bit deeper and I focus my eyes on on a point behind the painting, suddenly a new picture emerges. And once you can do that, once you can see it, you can never unsee it. Every time you'll look at one of those paintings, you'll be able to see what's there because you know how to see differently. So I want to share a quote Uh, that goes like this. This is from Mingyur Rinpoche. And he says, when we take the time to look at the way we see things, the way we see things changes. That's what we're going to do in this workshop. Uh, Mindfulness as a practice is the the non-judgmental observation of the present moment. And what will happen is that we're going to take the time to look at the way we see things And the way we see things will change. That doesn't mean the things will change, but the way that we see things will change. So these are the concepts and ideas of this first episode. And in part two, I'm going to share some exercises and guided meditations for how to start practicing mindfulness in your day-to-day life. Himalaya. What you just heard was part one of a 20-part series. Each episode is roughly 15 minutes long, and you will listen to ideas, concepts, meditations, and exercises for how to apply mindfulness to everyday life. Himalaya Learning is a new educational audio platform specializing in audio courses that focus on lifelong learning, business, personal development, and more featuring courses from some of the world's greatest minds, like Tim Ferriss, Malcolm Gladwell, Elon Musk, and others. To listen to the rest of this course, visit himalaya.com forward slash mindfulness and enter the promo code mindfulness at checkout to get your 14-day free trial of this course and all of the other courses available on Himalaya Learning. As I mentioned, this was a pause from the ordinary podcast episode format, but now that I've completed this online course and it's available through Himalaya Learning, I'm going to be returning to the normal podcast format, and you can stay tuned for more Secular Buddhism podcast episodes very soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Until next time.